Hey, and welcome back to the second episode of the I Got 7 in Spirits podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm a K-pop YouTuber and occasionally also a K-pop podcaster when I actually do my work. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, I'd suggest starting with episode zero, where I talk a bit about myself and what I'm doing with this podcast. Not necessary, and it's totally cool if you skip it, but it will give you a bit of insight into my favorite groups and my taste in K-pop, so definitely check that out if you're interested. If you're watching this in video format, the link to that will be in the description. So, a few perceptive listeners and subscribers have been like, Chris, when's a new episode of the podcast coming out? And my answer has been been soon, because truth be told, this was supposed to be out about a month ago. Long story short, the week I was supposed to record this, literally the day before I planned to record this, I had a family emergency, and I had to go out of town for an entire week, meaning that I had no time or ability to record anything, and then I had to travel again the next weekend for the same thing, and in the meantime, between and after both of those, I've been struggling to catch back up with everything that I got behind on while I was gone. So, finally, here we are. Enough excuses, this is the podcast where I listen to a K-pop artist's entire discography throughout a month and then talk about it, or in this case, two months. Whether it's a group I haven't listened to much before or a group I've already listened to and stan, I thought it'd be cool to listen to everything by a group within a short time frame, and I decided to record it because internet. The subject of this second podcast is Block B. Unlike the BAP episode, Block B is not a group I stan yet and therefore this podcast is going to be a little bit different. I'm still going to be going through their discography chronologically, but it's going to be a bit more of a first impressions discussion rather than a deep dive like I was able to do with BAP. I also want to note at the beginning that in the last one, I went really into detail about which members wrote each songs on each release, but since this episode is more of a first impression style, I'm just going to note up top that I know the members, especially Zico and Kyung, contribute to writing music and lyrics for them, but I don't know the specifics. Like I said, first impressions, I'm still just learning about them. As I said last time, the focus of the podcast is on the music itself, so I'm not really going to be talking about any external factors like controversies unless they have a direct effect on the music. In this podcast, I stick to groups, regular, full group releases. Depending on the group, I might include subunits, but if I go trying to include solos and collaborations and literally anything every member of the group has ever done, I'll spread myself too thin and probably miss things. If you know much about Block B, you'll know that this poses an immediate problem, because they have two subunits and they also did like a project album, and to be honest, I've gone back and forth as to whether or not to talk about the subunits' music in this podcast. I was really fully ready to include the subunits. However, their discography can get super convoluted when trying to juggle all of the subunits, especially in their Japanese releases. So for this podcast, we're just talking about their full group albums. I might talk about them separately at some point, but for my own sanity right now, we're just going to focus on their full group releases. Some of those releases do have solo songs within them, but if it's on a full group release, it counts. Since I don't stand Block B, I don't have a definitive bias because I really don't know the members well enough to have a bias. 
I've always said my bias is P.O. because I like his voice, but to be honest, I really have no idea. It could change once I get to know them. The reason I wanted to talk about them in a podcast is that they have some of my favorite title tracks in K-pop, which we'll definitely get into as we continue on. And given that I hadn't listened to their full releases until now, I wanted to finally give their B-sides a listen and see if I enjoyed them as much as I enjoy their title tracks. When it comes to Block B's discography, I quickly discovered that there's a lot of bluster concealing what's actually a very modest number of songs. What I mean by this is they have tons of releases, singles, mini albums, full albums, repackages, and they've been around for about eight years at this point. But when you get rid of duplicate tracks, Japanese versions, etc., you're left with only around 60 individual unique songs with subunit songs included. When you take away the subunit songs, it's more like like 40 to 50, I think. Just for comparison, BAP, who I talked about in my last podcast, debuted a year after Block B and has a discography closer to 90 songs. So there's there's a big difference there. So given that there are a lot of repackages and random compilations of songs. I'm going to be talking about every song they released, but there are some albums that I'll be skipping entirely because all the songs on that release are included on a different, more complete release. So, on to the music. Block B debuted in April 2011 with the single album Do You Wanna Be, and we're actually going to be skipping over this release entirely because all three songs on the single album are included on their second release, which is their first full mini-album, New Kids on the Block, released in June 2011. New Kids on the Block contains eight songs. Two are instrumentals, and of the other six, three are original to this mini, and three are from their first single album. The two title tracks featured on this album are Freeze, the debut title track, and Tell Them, which is new to this mini-album. Freeze, to me, sounds immediately recognizable as, like, a 2011 song, because it's very in line with the overproduced electronic club music at that time, both in K-pop and in the US. Now, Block B is known for their very unique, distinct sound, but I think with this first song, they were really trying to go for the sound that was actually just doing well at the time. To be honest, it sounds more like what Big Bang was doing at the time than truly like Block B. Similarly, Tell Me feels very poppy, trendy, and bright for Block B although with a bit more of their unique flair because of P.O.'s parts. Neither of them are bad songs, but to me they definitely show that in their first couple releases for the title tracks, they were going for trendiness and hadn't quite settled into what has become their sound. That said though, the sound is actually still there in some of their B-sides on this release. Hollow and Wannabe, specifically, are much more like the Block B we've all come to know and love. They lean more on their rappers and are very rhythmic and gritty. The B-side, Is It Just Me, really allows the rappers to shine, but to me, both it and the last B-side, You Who Who, are both a bit more generic for them. Their next release is the mini-album Welcome to the Block, which was released in February 2012. Usually, this is where we'd switch to the repackage, but the original is actually the more complete version. However, we do also have to add the title track from the repackage to it. To be honest, the repackage really just does a lot of spinning its wheels. It has 10 songs, 5 are instrumentals, a 6th is a remix, so we're immediately down to 4 songs, and it leaves off 2 songs from the original release. Like I said, a lot of bluster for a small amount of actual content. Anyway, in total for this release, with everything that's extra removed, we're talking about six songs. Because there's a repackage, it contains two title tracks, 
Malina, and Close My Eyes, which is also titled Moving On. I'm not sure which one is considered the more correct version in English, but I've seen both. I think Close My Eyes is the literal translation, and Moving On is just another title used? I don't know. Nalina is, thankfully, Block B finally embracing what will become their signature sound on a title track. It's gritty and very rhythmic. It's fun and a step in the right direction for them as a group. On the other hand, Close My Eyes is a bit of a slowdown. It's much smoother and calmer, but honestly, I think it fits them better than songs like Freeze or Tell Them did. It's not a personal fave, but it's fine, as is what's, in my opinion, the more generic slowdown B-side of Did I or Didn't I. The other songs on the mini all speak to Block B embracing this grittier hip-hop sound, but all in different ways. LOL showcases their rappers again. 100% Synchronized is a partially acoustic slowdown that avoids sounding like that like generic slowdown ballad that every K-pop mini-album has to have, which is kind of what Did I or Didn't I is. And Action is a fun, light-hearted, kind of retro song that's probably my favorite after Nalina in this group of songs. Next up is their first full album, Blockbuster, released in October 2012. This is also their only full album in Korean. Despite being a full album, it's also not free from all the extra tracks added in, as it technically has 12 songs, but two are songs from previous releases and two are instrumentals, leading to the album having a grand total of eight new songs. One of those is an interlude, so there are seven full-length songs on this album. The title track on here is Nalili Mambo, which is a favorite of mine. It keeps true to the grittiness of Block B's style and inserts a bit more gravitas. The instrumental on this one is especially fun. I, I think we're all aware how much I love strings and brass at this point, and it has that. Oh, it has that. Some other high points of the album for me personally are Mental Breaker, which has funky verses that turn into an electronic chorus, um, Movies Over, which to me is a softer side of Block B without being the expected ballad, and Dreams Come True, also called Romantic, which is jazzy and gives the vocalists a bit of a chance to shine, and also features some scatting, which is cool. As for the other songs, 11.30 starts the album on a slower note that's a bit of throwback. No Joke is the type of song that I like but probably won't find myself returning to too much, but it is a hip-hop song that fits well within the rest of their music. Where You At is that aforementioned several times obligatory ballad for any K-pop release, and it's definitely a pretty slow song that shows off all the vocalists, but per usual with ballads, it's not one that I personally super love. And those are all the songs on the album. Overall, I think that the album, when listened to as a whole and considered as a whole, can feel a little bit scatterbrained. I really like that they wanted to try a lot of different things with this album, and I always appreciate when artists try to get out of their comfort zones and try something new, but when you try what's essentially a different style with every song, it can sometimes feel a bit jumbled, and that's what I'm getting from this album. Overall, there are some solid B-sides and some that I'm just okay on, but Nalili Mambo is definitely still my favorite on the album. So apparently this podcast focuses specifically upon K-pop artists that sued their agency, because BAP did that, and now Block B did as well. Between their full album Blockbuster and their next release, Block B actually changed agencies after filing a lawsuit against their original agency, Stardom, 
asking for their contract to be nullified. They then signed to Seven Seasons, where they've mostly remained since then. Zico has recently left the company, but the members have all been adamant that he still is a part of Block B. So I think the rest of them are still with Seven Seasons, but I may be wrong on that. This is coming off the top of my head. But now we move on to their third mini album, Very Good, released in October 2013. This mini album features four songs and an instrumental. Two of the songs on the mini album were featured as singles, which were Very Good and Be The Light. Be The Light was a pre-release and is kinda a dance ballad. Something about it feels very familiar, and I think that's because the style was pretty popular around this time. On the opposite end, and much more up-tempo, we have Very Good, which is another of the absolute all-time favorite Block B songs for me. It takes their gritty hip-hop style and injects this fantastic, gritty guitar instrumental into it. P.O.'s part, per usual, is what makes it especially fun and interesting for me. As for the other two songs on the mini-album, when, Where, What, How is a Kyung solo that features Cho Hyuna. And then there's my personal favorite B-side on the mini, which is Nice Day, which should be pretty unsurprising as it's a retro song with some brassy hits and a bit of a funky bass line thrown in. Not gonna lie, this is probably my favorite of their B-sides yet. Very Good is still my favorite on the album, but Nice Day is definitely one I need to add onto my currently listening playlist. So Block V's next release was a single album called Jackpot, but we're skipping over this one because once again, all of its songs are featured on their next mini album. That mini album, Her, was released in July 2014 and features six songs, one of which is an instrumental and another of which is the rough version of Very Good. The two title tracks featured on Her are possibly my two favorite songs Block B has ever released, which are Her and Jackpot. Her is just iconic at this point. It draws some inspiration from 60s rock and roll, and it's not just my favorite Block B song, it's also one of my all-time favorite K-pop songs. Like, top 20, top 10. And then there's Jackpot, which is a pretty polarizing song due to its odd structure. Personally, I think it's brilliant. Their use of instruments to invoke a very off-kilter, quirky carnival theme that's mimicked in the music video is just really, really cool, and it's really well done. And the song has such a unique structure, which is something that I always love in K-pop songs. It's just very clever and unique, which is why I love it so much. Then the other two album tracks are both a bit more of a slowdown, with Hold Me Now, which is a Taeyu solo, being the obligatory slow ballad of the album, and Unordinary Girl being more of a throwback with a laid-back instrumental track. Overall, Her and Jackpot are still my favorite songs here, but they were going to be pretty impossible to beat anyway. Their next mini-album was Blooming Period, released in April 2016 and featuring five new songs, one of which is the title track, Toy. From what I've seen both outside of the Block B fandom and inside the Block B fandom, it seems like Toy is universally one of their most popular title tracks, both for its deep lyrics and the emotion evoked through them, which I definitely appreciate, and I do quite enjoy the song. Brief tangent, personally, I think a lot of people put too much emphasis on the meaning behind songs and often will overlook mediocre music because the song is really meaningful. That's not the case here, but I did want to put into context the fact that I generally put a bit more emphasis on music than lyrics. Because I also sometimes think that people who put a ton of emphasis on lyrics can get on their high horse about that a bit and forget that a lot of the artistry 
and the emotion is also invoked through the music itself. I do think that both the music and the lyrics should be good and should complement each other, even though I definitely don't always pay attention to that. But like I said, I do tend to put a little bit more emphasis on the music. Anyway, that was really a tangent because I don't think that Toy's music is bad at all. In fact, I quite enjoy it. Toy is definitely one of Block B's slowest title tracks, allowing the vocalists and its lyrics to shine quite a bit. It's a really great song despite not being a personal favorite for me like it is with a lot of other people. And I do think that it actually sets the tone quite well for the album as a whole, because Blooming Period is overall a much more slow tempo, stripped back release for them. The B-side a few years later is just as gloomy and melancholy as Toy, and It Was Love is another Tay solo ballad. Then the two more up-tempo songs on the mini-album are relegated to the end. Walkin' in the Rain, despite having more energy than the first few songs, is still a relatively laid-back, mellow song that relies heavily on an acoustic guitar instrumental. And then the last song, Bingle Bingle, features Bebom and Yuquan, and despite being more of a typical Block B song, it actually feels kind of out of place on this mini and almost like obnoxious on the album. Like it's a fine song, it's not an obnoxious song, but in context it kind of comes off that way because every other song on the mini album is so stripped back and then this one is just kind of there. I'm not sure how else to describe it, it just feels kind of out of place on this otherwise very stripped back, mellow, melancholy, gloomy mini album. I think Toy is still my favorite song on the mini, but I also do really like Walk in the Rain, despite this probably being my least favorite of their releases so far. Next up is their final Korean mini album, Montage, but we're going to be talking about the repackage, Remontage, because it's the most complete version of the release. I'm also throwing Yesterday into this as well, simply because it seemed dumb to have an entire section devoted to just one song, even though it was released a few months before the mini-album. Anyway, Remontage was released on January 8th, 2018, and we've got three title tracks to talk about on here. First up is Yesterday, which is another guitar-driven throwback, this time to the 90s. It's a little rock, a little hip-hop, and a lot of fun another that I really personally love. Then there's Shall We Dance, which is really quirky and playful with a bit of Latin fusion, which we're still seeing a lot of now. This was another song that was pretty polarizing, I think partially due to the styling within the era and the fact that a lot of people were upset about some of the hairstyles, and also partially because the song is not quite different for the group, but just kind of a quirky song overall. It's kind of a love it or hate it song. I am more on the love it side. It's not like an all-time favorite like Jackpot or Her, but I do quite like it. And finally, the title track specific to Remontage is Don't Leave. Of all the ballads they've released, this one is probably one of my favorites. Probably also due to more exposure because this was when I was starting to listen to them more. Apart from the three title tracks, there are also five B-sides, plus a Korean version of their Japanese song, My Zone, which we'll save until the Japanese section. Three B-sides are from the original version of Montage, and those are One Way, a reggae-inspired song, Like This, another ballad featuring the vocalists, and Give and Take, which is an R&B b-bomb solo song. Then there are the two new B-sides for Remontage, At Last, featuring Jehyo, which is another ballad, 
and Everything featuring Yuquan, which is a mid-tempo R&B song that's honestly probably better to watch a live performance of rather than to just listen to. Overall, I don't have strong opinions on this release one way or the other. It kind of didn't make much of an impact on me apart from the title tracks that I already enjoyed and listened to. Okay, so those are all of their Korean releases. We're now going to move on to the Japanese releases. And the problem with their Japanese releases that makes everything hella confusing is that they tend to take music from subunits and special projects and throw them in with the regular full group releases. And then just when going through the releases, it's hard to figure out exactly what is what. So if I get this incorrect, blame it on the fact that this is a first listen and I'm trying to sift through everything. It's confusing, fam. Anyway, Block B's Japanese discography is actually even worse about a lot of bluster without much substance because the group has released several mini albums and singles, but when you boil it down to just the new unique songs that are not translations of things that have already been released or re-releases of project songs, you're left with exactly two new songs on their full group releases. One full group song and one solo song. That's it. Like I said, maybe I missed something. Maybe I overlooked a song thinking that it was just another re-release of one of their project songs, but as far as I can tell, there are only two that are on the full group releases that are not all the extra stuff or translations. So first of those is their Japanese title track, My Zone, which is their only Japanese title track that was originally released in Japanese and not a Korean translation. My Zone is from their first full Japanese album of the same name, which was released in October of 2016. For me, My Zone is definitely a high point of Block B's discography. Like a fair number of their songs, it's a bit retro with some funk and soul thrown in. I especially love the guitar in the post-chorus. That's extra fun. And then the other song is a song called Painless, which is an R&B Yuquan solo. And... That's it. When you take away subunits and special projects, those are all of the Block B songs. I don't know if this is just me or if y'all feel the same way after hearing me talk about it, but it just seems like there's not as much as you'd expect. And I think that really is because each of their releases features like two to five extra songs that aren't really new material, they're just re-releases of the same material or translations or an instrumental version of the same thing. It just feels like some of their releases do a lot of extra things and spinning their wheels that no one really needed. So now it's time for my overall thoughts, which to be perfectly honest are a bit mixed. I know a lot of people don't enjoy hearing people being critical of their favorite artists, so hopefully if you've made it this far you're okay with that because I've said a couple critical things going through, but if you're not you might want to dip out. That sounds like I'm about to be really harsh about them, but I'm really not. I just want to be able to talk about their discography without feeling the need to sugarcoat my opinion so I don't get yelled at. So let's go ahead and talk about why I wanted to do this podcast and listen to all of an artist's music in one fell swoop. For groups I stan, like BAP, it's to appreciate their music more. For groups that I don't stan yet, it's to learn more about their music and 
The key of it is to listen to their b-sides and hopefully like them enough to stand the group. And like I said earlier, I picked Block B because of how strong their title tracks are. As I've said several times going through, I think they're some of the best in K-pop. They have a distinct sound, but even when their title tracks have diverged from that a little bit, they've still come up with some really cool, unique stuff. But for me, listening to their b-sides didn't nearly make as strong of an impression. Although they have that distinct sound that they're known for, that sound really doesn't make its way into many of their b-side songs. There are certainly some, and I think, like I said before, that it's a good thing when artists step out of their comfort zone and try new styles. But when you listen to Block B's discography altogether in a short period of time, it feels very confused. Like, Block B isn't entirely sure what they want to be. I just realized that pun after saying it. Wanna be, wanna be, wanna be. Anyway, many of their b-sides, especially over the last few years, have actually been super mellow. And because of that, the b-sides that are more within their well-known style actually end up sticking out like a sore thumb. That's not to say their albums are bad, however, but rather that personally I wish they would lean more into that grittiness and even their throwback funky side. But instead, there were a lot more mid-tempo songs and ballads than I expected like, a lot of ballads. So overall, I definitely found some new songs that I really like. Songs like Action, Hollow, Nice Day, and My Zone are definitely ones that I don't want to sleep on, but I don't think I found enough of those diamonds in the rough for me to go all in and fully stand Block B. One thing I think we overlook in K-pop fandom sometimes is being a casual fan of a group, not like planning to stand them or like trying to stand them, but just being aware that you are a casual fan. Like there are some K-pop fans who, in my opinion, stupidly look down on other fans for not putting in enough effort for a group. And I've even had people commenting on my video about my favorite K-pop groups saying it's a pity that I just like a group and I don't fully stand them. But sometimes there are those groups whose title tracks really speak to you, but whose b-sides don't. And I think that's block B for me. It feels really stupid to come on here and be like, it's okay guys, you can just casually listen to a group. You don't need to fully stand every group that you listen to. But unfortunately, there are some fans out there who think that's the norm and think that's the only way to listen to K-pop. And that's, that's dumb in my opinion. There's not any other way to word that. It's just dumb. I look forward to whenever Block B is able to release music again together, although I know they're dealing with contracts ending and enlistments, so I have no idea when they'll be able to get back together as seven, but when they are, I'll definitely be there. So that's it for the second episode of the podcast. I'm sorry it took so long to get this out. This past month has really been a mess, so I'm glad to finally be finished with this, even though it took two months. <laughs> I know this was definitely a little bit less in-depth than the last one, so I'm sorry if you were disappointed by that. Like I said, this is definitely more of a first impression type thing rather than the deep dive I was able to do with BAP because I'm more familiar with them. For this one, I really did just want to go through and give like first impression opinions on all the new b-sides I was listening to. I planned to announce which group will be next up, but honestly, I'm not sure yet, so uh, TBD. As of right now, I'm leaning toward going with a group I already stand simply because it's music I'm more familiar with and I'll be more motivated to listen to it, but I'd really rather focus on groups I don't already stand for this podcast, so 
I don't know. We'll see. Like I said in the last podcast, I'm not really taking suggestions for groups simply because if I'm not super into it, I have no motivation to do anything. So I'll probably just procrastinate and never do it. So um, I might do what I did last month and put up a like poll with like my top few choices and see what everyone chooses. Um, if, if I don't choose a group I already stand, the one I'm leaning toward most is Boyfriend. Um, just because I've been meaning to listen to them for a while, but I also am thinking about doing Red Velvet. I don't know. Or Sistar. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'll figure it out eventually. It'll be fine. Anyway, as always, thank you for watching this video or listening to this podcast, whichever format you listen to it in, and I will see you in the next one. Bye.